Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table with my lovely <laughs> co-host, Kathy Waite. Lovely. I had to have my haircut canceled, and it's a bushy mess now. Yeah, everything's shut down with the, <laughs> with the big girl. Yeah, you got your haircut in before all the salons close their doors. Yeah, right before. What am I going to do? I don't know. Well, but hey, we're back. everybody. We've yep. been uh, MIA for two, two or three weeks here. Yeah. Uh, but we're back with the podcast, taking you through our seasonal training thought processes and training progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider. Um, we're done with base training. We're into uh, middle of March, and all kinds of crazy things are happening with the crazy times. The COVID nineteen virus, um, kind of shutting everything down, life as we know it. Um, and we want to talk about. Basically turning lemons into lemonade, hopefully, yeah. in terms yeah. of our training. So uh, on to episode 31 of the show. So we have been MIA, like I said, for a couple of weeks. I mean, the last time we podcasted was <laughs> two and a half, three weeks ago when we were in Florida. Yeah, we were living high in the hog. Yeah, we had just finished our base builder. Uh, we had the planned trip to Florida, to Disney World, mm-hmm. um, as sort of a little break. And... Um, I think unbeknownst to both of us, I think I was coming down with influenza A True. while we were podcasting and hadn't really put it together yet <laughs> um, because we came back on a Tuesday and I remember not feeling well on the flight yep. and then yep. the next day it was like a yeah, shit show. It, had, it was a shit show. Yep. <laughs> it had erupted and then I ran around all week like kind of feeling gleeful that I was healthy and happy and I played pickleball and I rode with Sophia twice and then I woke up in the middle of the night on Friday night with a headache and I knew something was wrong and but you can't really process it at 2 a.m. and then I woke up on Saturday morning like at 9 I had slept in and I knew I was screwed yeah because we don't sleep that late ever (laughs) yeah so it was awful yeah we both got disneyed so to speak (laughs) with the disney flu we're calling it Um, but it was we got tested influenza a uh it was a rough couple of days and then Kind of this lingering, for you, you've had a lingering cough quite a bit. I've more or less gotten over it the last few days, gotten some rides in. Yeah, this is the first day I feel like I won't cough too much, so hopefully I don't cough on the podcast. But it was it was tough. Neither one of us have ever had the flu that I can... Yeah, I don't think I've yeah, ever I've had, never the had the flu. I've never had the flu. Like, actually, the actual flu. Yep, so it was, it was awful. Um, gives me new empathy for people going through seasonal flu or maybe even coronavirus. Um, just grateful for health once you get it back. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's always a silver lining is even though it feels in the moment like it's never going to end, like when you're feeling better, you feel grateful for health again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then kind of as we were kind of coming up from the ashes of the flu is simultaneously is when everything started shutting down mm-hmm. and getting canceled and everything. In fact, um, due to the, the COVID-19 virus. And in fact, as I was starting to get better, we were, Sophia and I were trying to get out of town to go to oh, yeah. Arizona and California. It seems like so long ago. And it does. Um, for the first races. And that was just like a week and a half, two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, she was like so mad and fussing that you were sick and couldn't drive yeah, down to Arizona. Like, we'll try again tomorrow, see if I feel better. And we'll then try you had a fever. The next you day. Um, well, then the Cactus Cup got canceled due to... Um, seasonal flooding it wasn't even at that moment due to the coronavirus right, right so that trip basically got canceled and then we were trying to still get to 
Southern California for um, the Benelli Cup race. Which would have been this weekend. As this weekend, yep. I was supposed to be on a flight right this minute to catch up with you guys. Um, and those things just started getting shut down, and then it was yeah. like one after another, everything getting canceled. So um, needless to say, everyone's fully aware, but the everything's topsy-turvy um, right now. And, um, you know, hopefully people are staying healthy. I mean, that's obviously first and foremost and getting our society back to normal, but it's also affecting our training too. And yeah. since we're a show about training, we're going to focus on that side of, of things and kind of figuring out how do you adjust your training and with races being canceled or postponed and um, it's looking like we probably won't be racing for a couple of months as a best case scenario. So, Yeah, I think USA Cycling just sent out an email that they're in def- like definitely postponing until, eh, was it mid-May or something? I think so, yeah. So I think that's for sure and then we'll, we'll just wait for more updates as they come. Yeah, I'm personally keeping my fingers crossed for like a June start of the season that would be I would be good with that I suppose and hoping I mean uh, under no scientific evidence whatsoever but I'm just that's my gut feeling is by June we'll I hope so by yeah I think by mid-May we'll or even early May start to see some returns to normalcy and then finally events coming back maybe by June that's what I'm hoping for um but who knows at this point nobody nobody knows um yeah, so we've been, I know for me, I've been super busy the last week or so, like getting tons of <laughs> email me. questions of people following our training plans and custom plans. You know, what do we do? My races are now canceled. And uh, I had one guy in, in um, the Netherlands mm. who's following our plan. He's like, fitness is canceled. Oh, was that Harold? Yeah. And Harold. Uh, fitness is canceled in the Netherlands because um, all the gyms are closed. So unless you have equipment at home or getting creative about strength training at home, you know, that's very limited. And um, Well, I just think for a lot of us to have our routine turned upside down can put us in a funk. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, number one, we were sick, and that puts you in a funk. And yeah. you and I both kind of moped around the house and had to give each other pep talks. Like, we will feel normal again, and we yeah. will have energy And again. this was right before events were getting canceled, and that escalated. And it was yeah. like, oh, now we're... We're gonna miss these first couple races because we're not gonna have any fitness and and honestly, from a number standpoint, just with our own influenza issue, I went from 105 CTL, which is a pretty high level of fitness for me. I was feeling great when we went to Disney. Um, planned with that five day break to come down to about 95. CTL mm, okay. before stepping into kind of a race prep build to going into like an April peak. But then, so we had that five days off. Then we come back, I hit the flu. I got another like eight or nine, eight days off to recover, get through and recover from that. But my CTL went down to about 75. So it took like a 30 crap, yeah. TSS hit, which is not too unsimilar to an end of season break after you come off like your last race you know, we typically prescribe two or three weeks off, which is what this ultimately was, about two plus weeks off. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming back down to, like, starting over, so to speak, um, and, and losing quite a bit of fitness. Yeah, I know my CTL dropped about 20 points because I wasn't quite as high. So mine dropped from, like, 72 down to 50. Right, right. Which, if you, like, percentage-wise, it's probably fairly similar. Yeah. You know, um, the drop there. And... 
but then when everything started getting canceled and looking like, you know, we weren't a race season, it wasn't going to happen for quite some time, it sort of became like this resetting of perspective of like, okay, maybe I don't want to get the influenza A virus again, but getting it was maybe isn't as disruptive as it yeah, would have true. been had we been like having to skip races while everybody else is racing. So no one can race now. So it's like we're all in the same playing field. And that's true. We like had we have an opportunity to to get back in shape slowly and not feel any kind of pressure to push it and rush it. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's true. And we were talking on the phone yesterday to one of our WeDevo athletes, uh, Toby. And same for him. Like, well, he had the flu right after our training camp in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And he lost a lot of time. I, I think he was out for three or four Yeah, he's really lingered. Yeah. Um, and now he's got a, a chance. Like, he's going to be back kind of on the same playing field with the other guys on the team. Right, right. Probably then, a month of, of good training now. Yeah. And kind of along similar lines, I've been thinking, too, because this is all going to be like this huge, massive experiment for everybody, um, whether you want to be a part of it or not, of like what's going to happen to people's fitness and racing abilities because across the country. Because one thought I've had is typically we would be going to these spring races where people in like California and Arizona and the warmer climates that have been able to put in a lot of outdoor riding, early season Mm -hmm. races. And then, you know, you have people coming from the more northern climates to Colorado and stuff and meeting to compete that don't have as much if any, racing under their legs and, and as much outdoor riding. And it's always been favorable to those warm weather mm-hmm. riders, right, in the early season. But now it's like we're all getting forced into this longer off-season, you know, base training type season before we get to race again. And it'll be interesting when that time does come, mm-hmm. what things will look like. Because um, – as we'll talk about, is we're, we're going to propose people go back to base training. I think that's kind of the common um, words of advice. Yeah, what's funny is how you started the, the podcast with, we're done with our base builder. Well, actually, we're going to just start it all over again. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> I mean, even pre-base builder in a yeah. way. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. To me, it's this interesting from a coaching thought and training standpoint of like, when we do start racing, it's me interesting to see. It's going to be very interesting. And now all the races are probably going to be squeezed into a couple months, like right. three months maybe. Yeah. So that's going to look a lot different. Like many of us might be racing more than we normally would have. And we actually race a lot, but this might even be crazier. And we'll extend the race season into potentially September, October, where normally we're kind of like burned out and done. Right. Yeah. So everything gets shifted. It's going to be really interesting. Right. Because a lot of races like Sea Otter, which is historically in uh, April, April, is now rescheduled for October. Um, There's been a few other events already getting reassigned dates Mm -hmm. in September and October. Others kind of figuring out how they're going to do that. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting because the season will extend into late summer and fall more so than it ever has. But everyone's going to be coming into it yeah. fresher and ready for that. And then from a national standpoint, people will have had the spring and some of the summer months to train and prepare. So it's all going to be just an interesting Yeah, and watching experiment. the international scene is is interesting too we 
no one knows yet what's going to happen with the Olympics. Um, no one knows yet what's going to happen with right. just like the mountain bike uh, world tour. Uh, a lot of the road races have been canceled, like the oh, Giro yeah. d'Italia. Am I probably slaughtering yeah. the pronunciation yeah, of that? But um, yeah, I mean we're we're upset with, that our races have been postponed or canceled, but the professionals, man, their lives are really topsy turvy right now. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting time for sure. Um, hmm. What else? I I was also wanting to just address what Harold had said about fitness being canceled. Um, just like with the gyms being closed. And I think we'll, we'll do a, a second podcast on how to do strength training at home with limited equipment. So stay tuned on that. Definitely. We'll get that going. Um, because yeah, we had a tough go uh, several days back of whether we were going to hold our classes or not. And then eventually just, it was just determined by the powers that be that we're not having classes. So yeah, mm-hmm. we, uh, Everyone's at home, so we, yeah, we'll definitely we'll touch base on get that, some stuff sure. there. I mean, we kind of broke down our whole trainer studio, um, brought all the trainers home. In fact, if anyone is in the market for a trainer, if you think you're be on quarantine or whatever anytime soon, we've got some used Wahoo kickers available. You can yeah, send me normally a message. we don't sell them until <laughs> the middle of the summer, but yeah, they're available now. Yeah, trainers available now. Um, but yeah, getting the getting your home gym home training stations kind of dialed in will be important but um, hopefully it doesn't come to the point where we have to stay inside like like I've heard like Spain and Italy or like that and somebody said recently was it California and or New York because you're not allowed to go outside anymore (coughs) excuse me Um, hopefully it won't come to that for you know most of us and we can keep riding outside because the weather here in Colorado at least is improving Um, once we get through this little blip of a snowstorm that just happened um it's like 50s and 60s all the next couple of weeks. So. Um, okay, so the basic <clears throat> point of today's podcast is how to reorganize your season, right? Yeah. So I, I've been working hard over the last several days reprogramming people's training programs, reformulating our We Development Team program. Um, in fact, we have a conference call with them in a few hours here to go over that. So I just thought if we share our idea of what we're going to be doing right. um, for the next six weeks or so or longer if it comes to that of how to make sure we're not doing too much too early now because it's almost like now we are back into that base training mode or base training time of the year because our races are now I'm going to guess at least two months away um, so it's like putting us back in January essentially mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah I wanted just to kind of share our thoughts, what we're going to do, give some examples, explain why we're going to do it, give some examples, and you know maybe give spark some ideas for our listeners. I think it's great. It. After you and I stopped moping around the house and started feeling better, we had a. I remember a, um, a conversation over coffee one morning, and and you got really excited talking about this opportunity we have to get become amazing aerobic machines. I think that was your phrase, right? And it's true. It's like most of us could use a lot more aerobic training. And so now we have a chance. Right. We don't have to feel like rushed that we have to do those high intensity intervals because we're not going to race next weekend or we're not going to race next month. Right. Um, so yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. So to kind of address the two, I think most people are in two sort of scenarios. One is their A race, their big race of the year maybe isn't until like late summer anyway. So I'm thinking like people targeting Leadville and um, any kind of event, let's say like, 
um, August, September, even July, even July, you more than likely can just keep following your plan. And it's, you know, you're not going to be able to do any kind of early season C and B races, uh, maybe not until June, um, but you can kind of keep plugging away at your Stay the course. Yeah. And then those of us that had spring races planned, you know, whether they've already passed or they were supposed to be coming up, you know, that early season peak is essentially gone. Um, And what to sort of do at this point. Right. Don't despair. Right. You can restructure the, the spring. Right, right. So I'm th- I'm looking at it, like I said earlier, it's like our best case scenario is probably to start hopefully racing in June. So it gives us about, um, you know, a two and a half month window until we do that. So what we're going to do is take a step back, go back to actually what we were doing way back when, in September, October, okay, um, and focus on aerobic training and aerobic threshold training, in specifically, um, because we just we our group of athletes just finished base builder training, which gets you to a very high level of fitness, close to a peak level of fitness. So, had things gone the way they were supposed to go, we built up to a high level of fitness. We took a short break, and then we were going to boost up over the course of a handful of six or eight more weeks of some race-specific race prep training to come to a peak. And that would have put us somewhere like in April, early May as as the first peak. Well, there's no point in peaking now (laughs) (laughs) in April or May because there's nothing to peak for. Um, So we've got a high level of fitness, higher level. You and I maybe don't because we were sick, but for the people that didn't get sick, You've got this high level of fitness now, and you can. We're going to take this step back and then focus on the low intensity side of things and see if we can push that aerobic power up more. Gives us a little bit of a break, um, the con- break from intensity that is. So, my thinking on this is, and this is with consulting with a couple different doctors as well, like um, Dr. Rick Zimmerman mm-hmm. and I had a conversation about this, um, about. Let's dial back intensity because one part of this is to high intensity training suppresses our immune systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is likely what led me and then you to get the flu in, in March was that we were finishing our high intensity mm-hmm. training. I also kind of piled on some extra volume knowing we were going to be going to Disney for five days. I think I weakened my immune system. Yep. Um, I thought I did it far enough away from like travel day getting on the airplane and everything but i think there's a strong possibility i probably got the bug probably in the airport or on the airplane yeah um and it just sort of manifested while we were in florida um so anyway that that high intensity training suppresses our immune system kind of opens the door for the possibility of us catching some sort of virus right right? so let's keep it safer right and just dial the intensity back um in other words, building the fitness more slowly, but it keeps you more protected from all the germs that are flying around. Right, right. So we want to stay healthy and safe. So if for no other reason, that's a good reason right there to Absolutely. dial things back to lower intensity. Um, it's le- it's less stressful. Like I remember coming to the the gym for the trainer sessions in the fall when we were still doing aerobic threshold stuff. I mean, there's like no stress. You walk through the door, hey everybody. Yeah, you, you look just, forward to the workout. Yeah, but yeah. then like January, February, it was sort of stressful. Like right. knowing you were going to hurt and be pain, it was going to be painful and then like be exhausted the rest of the day. Right. 
And so it's kind of honestly nice to know that we get to go back to the quote easier training. Right. Um, especially yeah. since I've been sick, like I'm not ready to, to even move my body that fast. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to like the standing climbs and, and just like good stuff. Right. Right. Um, and then the other reason to go back is just to now, <clears throat> if you finished base builder or just sort of building whatever base you built through the winter months, you're fit and you go by kind of taking a step back and focusing on the aerobic power and, you know, the low intensity end mm-hmm. of the energy system spectrum. Now you, you have greater fitness, greater power, so you can actually do more work aerobically and potentially get this boost that you otherwise might not because you'd be maybe going into your racing season about now and now we can train the the aerobic system at this higher level of fitness which maybe you've never done before um or had a chance to do so that's what's it is exciting interesting and exciting and if someone's been tracking their data in a platform like training peaks they can compare that they were doing their i'll go back to the standing climbs that they were doing their standing climbs at a, you know 160 watts back in October, and maybe now they're doing their standing climbs at 170 watts average. Right, and that's pretty cool. Right, right. You know they're getting stronger. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to go back and compare the data when I start repeating the workouts. Yeah, it'll be great. So, I think focusing, taking a probably planning on about a six week block of aerobic training, specifically um, targeting the aerobic threshold, um, which is that 75 to 80 percent of max heart rate. So kind of a easy to moderate level intensity, depending on how aerobically fit you are. And spending the six weeks really concentrating on that and trying to boost that aerobic power up. Um, that will in turn establish your base fitness even greater than it is now. Um, and then assuming we start to get hearing about green lights of races opening up in June, that would leave us about six more weeks to start getting back into some high intensity. And my thinking on this is not going back and doing a full sort of base builder buildup of intensity going through the progressively higher energy systems quite as in depth as we did with the base builder program, but doing more of a truncated or accelerated version of that. So picking up where aerobic threshold leaves off, then getting into some anaerobic threshold intervals, then some VO2s and some anaerobic power. Mm-hmm. And then by then it's roughly we're right around June, I believe if I'm t- timing this right. And we're um, getting into now in June, we'll call them our early season races. <laughs> um, so I think it's an interesting opportunity just to, to be able to go back and get this aerobic training in. It's going to keep you from peaking too soon. Yeah, that's what I really want to touch on, that that concept of, you cannot get too fit too fast. And we have many, many conversations with Sophia, our daughter, about this. So can you say some words about that? Like, why do you not want to get too fit too fast? Well, the simplistic point is there's nothing to get fit for right now. What's wrong with just being in great shape? Oh, right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, it's easy to think, like, well, if I just keep training, I'll just get fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter. But there is a limit to each person's, like, peak level of fitness of what they can achieve in one kind of training progression Mm -hmm. typically let's say about six months or so Um, and eventually you just hit the ceiling of fitness and ability and then you're going to plateau and if you kind of keep going it's more than likely you're reach closer to what would be called kind of burnout or 
you know, just getting like tired of the training and kind of exhausted and it has to come down. Mm. So it if you were sick as you've possibly, pushed yeah. too hard. So if you just build this up to a high level and now it's May and you still have a whole other month until the first races start, um, you have nowhere to really go and likely by the time June rolls around, you'd be on the downward slope of the right, fitness. Right. So you think of it like a kind of like a rolling, a rolling hill profile on a on a race map. Like exactly. you, you get a little, you go up a hill, get a little fitter, and then take a recovery and get a little higher right. maybe next time. Well, it's no different. Yeah, that's exactly it, and it's no different on the like micro scale, like within a weekly, a week's worth of training, any point in the training year, of like you have to do some training and then you have a recovery day, right? And then you do some training and you have a recovery day. And then on a little bit larger scale, like kind of month to month, the typical formatting is you train for two, three, four weeks, and then you need a recovery week or a lighter week of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. And then you train for another two, three, four weeks, and then you need a lighter week. It's these ups and downs or rolling profile, like you're saying, is exactly it. And it's how we do it on an annual level as well, right? Like we, we build up gradually over the season. We have a peak, we come down a little bit, then we build up a little more, maybe for a second peak, then we come down, then we're into that off season. And ideally, or each year kind of builds upon the rest. So on every level from the weekly, like micro level, to that intermediate monthly level, to the annual level, we're going up and down in our fitness. It's no one can build to a high level of fitness and no one can keep building, building, building. Otherwise, people would just train, train, train forever and never take any kind of breaks or change their training. superhero. Yeah, and inevitably you hit a plateau and you want to avoid that. So at this point, what we've done up to this year so far is we've built training through the off-season, the base builder period, base training. And now we're going to sort of bring that fitness down a little bit as we go into this aerobic standpoint of training, focus of training. And then that's going to allow us then to build it up again with some high-intensity training when the time is right for that high-intensity training. Right. And that's the tricky part is timing it just right. And no one knows when the races are going to start. So what I like too is from this aerobic training standpoint, in essence, you can kind of train ultimately forever aerobically and continue to make gains as long as you have some recovery time, you know, on a weekly level and a monthly level, but you can train the aerobic energy system more or less end endlessly and keep making mm -hmm. gains. Most people understand and recognize that training on the higher intensity level of things like anaerobic threshold, definitely VO2 anaerobic power definitely. levels, yeah. you can only do that for four, five, six, maybe eight weeks until you kind of hit a peak and you're not, that's when you hit that plateau and you have to, step aside and and take a break from that you can't just do vo2 intervals <laughs> for three months straight yeah. right or any kind of high intensity in you know for long durations of time you've got this like four to maybe eight weeks at the most you can do these high intensity intervals before you got to back it off so we're going to back it off now build that aerobic foundation even higher and then get into when the timing is right and that's where we'll just have to pay attention to what's happening right. in the world. And, you know, at some point I'm envisioning they'll be like, well, these restrictions are going to be lifted starting, you know, next week. And then it's going to be like, okay, in two weeks, groups of 
50 or more can start assembling and then that's going to give green lights for races and things right. to resume. So hopefully we'll know, I think we'll know probably a month out from the possibility of resuming racing that we'll be able to. Right. And that's when we'll <coughs> then switch from that aerobic training. So as it stands right now, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping we'll start racing in June. So we're going to go six weeks of aerobic training, six weeks of building up the intensity training, and we'll be ready to race in June. But if we find out six weeks from now that, no, we're not going to race in June, now it might not be till July, then we'll do some additional weeks of the aerobic training. Okay. Um, so I think that's the way, best way to go, and that's what we're going to do. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some positives to take from this is that a lot of us in northern climates that have dark, cold inclement weather winters where we would normally be doing this types of aerobic training now it's going to be spring and it's going to be sunnier and more daylight and we can get outside um and do a little bit more outside right and people who normally had to be at an office all day maybe they're working from home and they can sneak out for a couple hours right keep your fingers crossed for that yeah yeah so everything as topsy-turvy as it is you know it'll be a really interesting experiment and time to kind of make the most of our aerobic energy system um let's see so yeah i mean to talk specifically about our plan i created a plan um for our weed development team and just decided to turn it into a plan that um, can be purchased on training peaks okay um, i have a high and low volume option it's six weeks long it's focusing on these aerobic threshold how does um, someone find intervals. it is I'll it, put a link in okay. the, you can search the training peak store, like for my training plans, but I'll just put a link in the podcast. So if you're listening to the show, there'll be a link in the podcast notes that'll take you to those plans. Um, and you know, depending on the individual, um, whether to do aerobic intervals or just simply ride your bike. Hmm. Yeah. We had a whole discussion on this. Yeah. That depends heavily on how aerobically fit an individual is. Right. So I'd say a large portion of the population just going out and riding over any kind of terrain may well get you right into that 75 to 80% of max heart rate, which by the way, that's what we call our aerobic threshold training zone. Um, the right around 80% of your max heart rate, plus or minus, give or take, this is, you know, kind of one size fits all kind of thing. You can get tested metabolically and figure out exactly at what heart rate you're hitting this aerobic threshold. But as a general thing for the population, 80% of max heart rate gets you there. This aerobic threshold is basically um, the balance point, metabolically speaking, of where your body's using fat for fuel and carbohydrates for fuel. So it's sort of the highest level of power, highest output, where you're still utilizing a very large percentage of fat um, for fuel thereby making it your aerobic threshold. So roughly, again, fifty. think of it as 50% fat for fuel, 50% carbohydrates for fuel at this 80% of max heart rate. And what we want to do is get faster, i.e. put out more power at this threshold number, this effort level that's being monitored by the heart rate. Okay, And that thereby is indicating you're improving your aerobic function, aerobic fitness. Um, and why why is it important to um, use fat for fuel? Uh, well, you, 
the the so using fat for fuel number one it spares glycogen number two we have more or less endless supplies of fat so the 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 more power you can put out and utilize fat for fuel it essentially extends your endurance your ability to ride longer uh, you don't have to consume as many carbohydrates while you're riding at that level um, and then by sparing the glycogen you have more available when you need it later in a race so it extends your endurance it extends your ability over longer durations essentially okay. for, for an endurance activity yeah we did a whole podcast on aerobic training gosh months ago but it's always good just to touch on again the benefits of aerobic training you know humans just want to like go 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 and if you only have an hour to ride your bike they you know it's it's an easy trap to fall into just to if you're running to run really fast or if you're riding just to ride really fast yeah most people when they go out for a ride or a run they're going just too fast yeah for really to make any long-term aerobic benefits um, most people settle into sort of that like gray zone so to speak where it's like too fast for aerobic benefits but usually not fast enough for like speed benefits or um and so you just sort of burn a lot of sugars and sort of stagnate there so it's really about slowing down tapping into those fat stores for energy um and other benefits that come along with that are all the cardiovascular infrastructure benefits. Those um, are huge. Yeah. I mean, Can you just mention those again? Yeah. I mean, just making your heart more efficient and better, you know, increasing the stroke volume, how much blood it can move per, per beat, um, improving that mitochondrial density and performance. So all the mitochondria work better, carry more oxygen to your muscles. Um, all the like uh, capillarization um, benefits of just getting more blood vessels throughout your body. So your body creates these blood vessels when you train at lower intensities that just think of them as like little... Tributaries. Yeah, little tributaries. And we have our main like veins and arteries that Mm -hmm. deliver the blood throughout our body. And then you have all these like tributaries coming off. And if you train aerobically you create more of those that spread deeper into the muscles. You get more little fingers kind of coming out um, and essentially being able to deliver more oxygen to your muscles, thereby allowing you to improve aerobically and put out more power. Um, So there's tons of of benefits there. And the other thing too is to keep in mind is that, you know, all these energy systems, whether it be aerobic, um, anaerobic threshold, VO2, anaerobic power, they all have their specific zones. They're not cut and dry from one to the other. All our energy systems are connected um, on essentially like this sliding scale of where you are at any given moment in terms of intensity when you're riding. And when you increase one end, it also increases the other end. Right. So right. We, if we increase this aerobic end of things, we are improving our ability to put out more power at higher intensities as well you know it's not just like we improve aerobically therefore we're not going to improve our vo2 Uh, improving aerobically is way less stressful and easier to do Mm -hmm. there's more on the table to kind of scoop up and make benefits from than the higher end of things and so if we can boost that up you're going to 
improve every energy system along the way. It just I makes find, you a better cyclist. Well, I just, basically. yeah, and we've, we've talked about how this type of training is going to benefit our young riders on our We Devo team exponentially because they're, like, all 11 of these kids are talented riders. They can pump out the power, you mm-hmm. know. They, they, if you were to, to a, be in a group with them on a hill and you attack what you like to do with these boys, um, you may not be able to drop them up the hill because they're really powerful for two to four minutes. Mm-hmm. But none of them have that aerobic engine that you have. Um, they don't have the miles and the years under their belts. Um, and God, if they can, if they can build up that aerobic base, they're going to just be unstoppable. Yeah. Like, and so Sophia and I compare ourselves, each other, compare ourselves to each other quite a bit. You know, she's, she's been riding seriously for like two years now Mm -hmm. and she can crank out as much power or more than I can in like a peak power or a anaerobic like um, a one minute yeah like she's really powerful and like we have fun racing each other in workouts and oh what'd you do 500 watts i did 400 whatever but my 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 time on the bike is is more than hers and my aerobic output is greater and as soon as she gets more hours and more miles you know, in, into her aerobic bank, she's going to just drop me. Yeah, because it allows you to take that power that you have for one minute or two minutes or four minutes or whatever and increase that, but also hold that power yeah. for longer duration. Right. So what was once your one-minute power then becomes eventually your four-minute power capability, and then that becomes eventually your eight-minute power capability. And that's how you improve and get faster, stronger. Right. Uh, I think she's somewhat like kind of baffled that my aerobic power is so much greater than hers, but it's just a matter of time. She just needs to be disciplined, um, to slow down on rides, and she does a pretty good job with it, and tuck away those miles, right, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it takes years to create years. A lit- like actual aerobic fitness, and it's really just simply getting out and riding at a, you know, 80% of max heart rate or lower, pace or effort for as many miles as you can accumulate essentially right and then we're all restricted on how much that can be based on our lifestyle but it just takes years and years and years of riding 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 and you know the top level riders they'll do a little bit of interval training but most of their training is just long riding at easy to moderate aerobic intensities to create that aerobic base because partly because they're training for five, six, seven-hour races. Um, but it just improves that aerobic fun- function, improves anything longer than, say, a 10-minute effort. Anything over 10 right. minutes is endurance. So let's talk about how someone who is just moderately fit versus someone who is um, a little bit more advanced in the f- in the fitness world, how they are going to do a- an aerobic threshold interval workout. Okay, so... Basically, the less aerobically fit riders out there might not even need to do intervals at all. They okay. might be able, they just might need to get on their bike and go ride. And it's the simplest form of aerobic training or base training is just getting on your bike, go ride, keep your heart rate under 80% mm-hmm. of max. The less aerobically fit you are, the more challenging that is. So if you're take someone who's like off the couch and not fit at all, just possibly walking up a flight of stairs might get their heart rate over 80% of max, right? And you put them on a bike and have them ride up a slight hill in the neighborhood 
and they're they're already there. So someone like that probably doesn't even need to be on the bike at all. They need to first just start walking around the neighborhood. But that's extreme yeah. example. Those of us, Let's you know, listening more to like the a show, weekend warrior. Yeah. So you need to just get out and ride. So if you if getting out and riding. You already know, like, you're often right around 75, 80% of your max heart rate. So for the average 30, 40, 50-year-old, you know, that's like heart rates, in, unless you have abnormal heart rate ranges, probably around 140 beats a minute. If you're just going out and riding is gets you around there, just go out and ride. That's all you need to really do. Because what's cool is as you, the more aerobically fit you are, the more challenging it is to get your heart rate to that 140 or 145 beats a minute um, because the power demand increases. As you become more aerobically fit, you have to put out more power to get your heart rate up, even to, to any level, but we're talking specifically about that 80% of max heart rate level, right? So that's where the intervals really come into play is when you take someone who's maybe a little more intermediate to definitely advanced level aerobic conditioning, you know, cyclists, they're the ones that really need to focus on breaking it into intervals. Like it takes effort to get their heart rate to where it needs to be, whereas a, a less aerobically fit person, they have to hold themselves back. Exactly. And that can be a little frustrating. So the less aerobically fit someone is, and this also correlates with um, how much extra body mass we're carrying. Mm-hmm. So someone who's a little heavier, has a little extra body fat, that's going to heavily influence how hard they can go or or how quickly their heart rate's going to get them to that 80%. But that also goes kind of lines up with how fit a person is generally is how much extra mass are you carrying around right. too, right? They kind of go hand in hand. But anyway, someone who is less aerobically fit, their heart rate's going to get to that 75-80% of max heart rate range very easily. And they have to hold themselves back. And they have to hold themselves back. And stay in flatter terrain. Yes. So you may need to, yeah, stay indoors possibly. And then... That is a good reason to stay indoors. Right, because you can keep it controlled on the trainer and you can keep it flat and and control the power. Take it outside, you're going to be more flatter terrain. Then as you become more aerobically fit, you can progress to some rolling terrain. And then eventually you're going to have to start concentrating on pushing a little bit more to keep your heart rate up. Right. So if you were going to go, you personally, Cody, you're going to do these aerobic threshold intervals. You would ride out to some place that has a decent incline? Uh, Either you can do it on the flats. It's actually harder. The more aerobically fit you are, it actually becomes a harder effort or RPE to do these on a flat terrain versus Mm. a hill. Because just riding a hill gets everyone's heart rate elevated, gets you more to the zone you need to be with less effort like just riding it oftentimes just gets you there or just a little extra effort in, in a high fitness level case but then trying to ride flats like a flat road to get your heart rate up that's true i can picture that now it's actually quite takes way more focus way more effort like the rpe is much higher so thereby quote harder to do hmm. that um so there's benefits actually to flat experimenting flat riding both ways hill riding. yeah yeah so the difference is the hills get you more a little bit more of a strength element involved because you're going against gravity and using more muscles, essentially. Hmm. Um, but it's good to do both. Um, yeah, like I personally found it more difficult to 
ride our flatter ride a couple months ago when we went up to Johnson's Corner for the cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. I found that more difficult to keep that steady speed on the flatter train than just climbing up a mountain. Right. So, yeah, it would be a challenge for me to do the aerobic threshold intervals on a flatter terrain. Yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so mixing it up is a good way to do it. But someone who's limited on their aerobic fitness won't be able to ride up a hill aerobically. So but so that is a good way to kind of measure as you're making progress. First, you might have to ride all flat to keep your heart rate under control, and then you can progress to kind of a more rolling, low-grade hill, and then eventually more of a climb, so to speak. Um, although doing them always on the flat is totally... Or always on the trainer. Or, yeah, or always on the trainer as needed, too, because you have ultimate control there. Um, so if you are among the, the more aerobically fit riders, that's when you'd want to start breaking into intervals, and that's what our training plan really focuses on is doing these intervals. So the simplest way to explain it is we start with... Uh, relatively short duration intervals with short recoveries um, where the idea is maybe it's um, six times six minutes targeting that 75 to 80 percent of max heart rate can be on flats can be on the hills depending on how where your fitness level is and you get one minute recovery um, and you just do that and the fitter you are the harder these workouts are that that's sort of counterintuitive sometimes for some people so the less fit you are the slower you have to go to remain aerobic thereby the easier the workout feels if you're quite aerobically fit and you're pushing like uh let's say 280 300 watts and can stay aerobic you're doing 280 to 300 watts of you know it it becomes it's it's no longer an easy to moderate it's more of a moderate to Hmm. moderately hard workout so the more fit you are, the harder these workouts actually are. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, and it, it, they're really fun workouts. I really enjoy doing them. Like you said earlier, they're not like overly stressful. Yeah. Um, but you, as you they become feel productive, fit, but they're not overly stressful. Right. The one caveat is if you're not that aerobically fit, they can be a little frustrating. Um, way back to our years when we were running, mm-hmm. we would do the same concept running. And it was frustrating. Running elevates your heart rate a little more quickly. Yeah. And any kind of incline, it's extremely noticeable um, in terms of elevating heart rate. Oh, I'd have to walk every hill. Right. But then after a while, you could get to where you could run the hills. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there is reward in seeing your progress. You know, one of our our traditional, like, um, our standard run workouts back in the day was we'd go over to Kendrick Lakes, which is a flat mile loop around a yep. little teeny pond. And... When I first started doing this workout, I think I was running like 10 minute and 45 second miles right. to keep my heart rate low, which was hilarious. And it was frustrating. But eventually I got fit enough that I was well, maybe like eight and a half minute miles for aerobic yeah. heart rate. And so that was pretty cool to see the, the, improvement. the improvement. And the same thing with the, the cycling focus. Yeah. So on the bike, what you're looking for for improvement is... If you have a power meter, whether it be a trainer or on your on your bike outside, you want to train at the same target heart rate, which is at 75 to 80% of max heart rate. Um, so for most people, that's, um, all you, like myself, it's basically 135 beats per minute to 145 beats per minute, um, staying in that zone. And I'm looking for, over time, more power, the average power for those intervals to gradually go mm-hmm. up, right? 
Um, so our testing protocol, we do our 20-minute aerobic test where we peg our heart rate right at 80% of max, in my case, 145 beats per minute. For 20 minutes, we see what our average power is, um, and we that's the test that we do to test our aerobic fitness from test block to test block. So it's the, the same idea. Now we're just going to break these into intervals um, to do that, and we're looking for increased power at the same effort level. But what if you're outside and you don't have a power meter? Good question. So a lot of people, yeah, want to ride outside. Um, the good news is you can train by heart rate, and you just won't know what your power is. But you can test yourself kind of on a regular basis within your workouts because these you can repeat the intervals on the same course. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking for getting up that hill a little bit more quickly. Like maybe what took you six minutes you know, in three weeks takes you five minutes and 40 seconds at the same heart rate. So that's how we do the, the test outside for people without power meters is we tell them to find... Um, some sort of stretch of road that's uninterrupted and safe that's, say, between 20 and 30 minutes in duration um, and ride that at your target heart rate, 80% of max, and record the time. Now, of course, weather can, you know, influence, you know, if it's windy or if it's extremely hot or extremely cold. There are variables. It's not as uh, precise Precise. as power. Um, But it's something, and it's something you can repeat and measure and see. So... What I like to do here locally in Denver is ride Lookout Mountain, um, which takes about 22, 23 minutes at aerobic. For you. Um, yeah, and, and you just look for, you do the pillar yeah. to post, you target that heart rate. Um, when I'm really fit, I actually have to push myself pretty hard, and that's when I get closer to 22 minutes. And then when you're when I'm not as fit, you know, I have to actually hold back at times because it's my heart rate wants to get too high. And that's when I'm more like 24 minutes. So, right. Um, but it's a great way to test without, uh, if you don't have power on your bike too. Um, so back to the training plan. The, the way the training plan over the six weeks will work, we'll start with something relatively short, like six times six minutes, so about 36 minutes worth of work, um, and build up. So each workout kind of gets a little more. So you might go from six times six to seven times six to eight times six in the first week. And then... Those might go to eight-minute intervals in the second week, and then they'll go to 10-minute intervals. Um, And we gradually work up to 15-minute, 20-minute, and the high-volume plan um, three to four times 30 minutes at these Mm, um, aerobic threshold intervals. So um, they get rather long, but it's very progressive. Um, The workouts, actually, the first week or two are pretty easy in terms of total duration. But then by weeks like three, four, definitely five and six are actually quite challenging i mean to, to do four times 30 minutes when you're aerobically fit at 80 percent of your max heart rate is it's a challenging workout you get a lot of tss and you know and, and it becomes relatively long too like a three hour ride so um these plans specifically are built to work with a trainer so for anyone who's inside whether because they want to be or they have to be because of what's going on in the world today or their work schedule um they're designed to be very, very trainer-friendly. You can get on Zwift if you have that capability and do these intervals. Um, and then you can also take these workouts outside. You can extend the warm-ups and cool-downs to any duration you need to get out to where you want to do your intervals and also make them the workouts themselves as the volume you want. Right, so, right. Um, I think the low-volume plan 
averaged like six hours a week, so pretty um, low, but you could increase that very easily by adding longer warm-ups, longer cool-downs, you know, upwards to however many hours, honestly, you'd want. Um, and then the high-volume plan, there's a one additional aerobic um, threshold interval day, um, so there's four per week versus three with the low-volume plan, and the durations, the... Um, the lengths of the intervals are a little longer in the high volume, um, and the total minutes you accumulate kind of each week are a little greater as well. But though that, as written, it's I think it averages about nine hours a week, so still relatively low and doable indoors if need be. And then you obviously extend it longer outside, like we said with longer warm ups and warm downs. So, um, so it works great indoors or outdoors. Um, you know, fit versus less fit riders. We already kind of touched on that. It's like the fitter you are, the more challenging these workouts are. The less fit you are, the slower they you have to go. But the changes do happen rather quickly, and we put some testing suggestions in there um, so you can test as you go and make make those improvements as you go. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what... Yeah, that's it. That in a nutshell, essentially. So. Yeah, um, thanks for making the plan. I think it's going to help some people stay focused and not get discouraged or down right now yeah. and still have like a mission that they're going to build that aerobic fitness. Exactly. Cause you can test, like we're going to have our, we Devo team test this weekend, probably Sunday. We'll do the test, have them do it, you know, on their own somewhere. The 20 minute aerobic test. Yeah. Get set that benchmark. And then six weeks later, well actually sooner than that, but at the end of the six weeks, we're going to look for a big gain right. in that aerobic power. So, you know, using myself as an example, um, I'm probably, well, the last test I did right before going to Disney and getting sick, uh, I think I was like in the low 280s, 280 something watts, let's just say 280, um, for the 20 minute aerobic test. Um, I mean, I would love, that's getting close to my best ever. I think high 280s is about as good as I've ever been since testing. Um, I mean, I would love to get as close to like 300 watts mm, as possible. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool, which was once my... FTP at the very beginning of the season, mm. you know, my FTP was like 295 or something. That'd be really cool. If I can get my aerobic threshold, of, you know, at 300, then I know my FTP or my anaerobic threshold is going to be 330 or something like that. Okay. So, um, well, we'll have to do an update on the next podcast or two about um, people's initial uh, test and then some improvements. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll put that the links in the show notes. The other thing, I'll just leave it one last little bit, is these plans are reusable. And it's something I would recommend doing, like I said earlier in the show, once you've ended your season, taking your little break, getting back into training with this kind of training protocol protocol is a great sort of pre-base builder thing to do. Like I said, so what we did in uh, outside in September and October before we started base builder indoors in November, um, and it's a great way just to like jumpstart your aerobic fitness. Or in this case, we're gonna just boost our aerobic fitness, uh, kind of to, to delay the start of our season mm-hmm. um, for this unusual year that we're in the midst of. Um, so it's a great plan, not just for the coronavirus time period, but you could use it every fall, essentially, um, to kind of true right. inject some aerobic fitness into your early off-season riding. Um, Yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. 
All right, well, I'm going to try to do a trainer ride in our cold garage this afternoon. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be good to get started again. I need I need a little help, a little guidance. I, I was feeling kind of down this past week. Yeah. So we'll get back at it. So this will give us something to focus on. and A goal. And a goal, yeah, to work for over the next six weeks while we're kind of stuck in <laughs> where we're at. Um, and then we'll come back next week with a show addressing more of the strength training side of things. Right, yeah, I think, some things I want to talk about. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people a frustrated. A and flustered. Flustered is a good word, yeah, yeah. what to do. Um, so we'll come up with some good ideas of what you can do at home with little to no equipment. I mean, there's a lot of that going around now, but um, kind of our take on it. And the other thing is, too, this time of year, we would have normally gone into a maintenance period of strength training, and I want to talk about that, um, which happens to be less equipment intensive anyway so it kind of works okay mm-hmm. um and the real hardcore aerobic proponents out there coaches physiologists out there will tell you that you shouldn't do strength training while you're really trying to build your aerobic system because mm. the like the cell signaling pathways are sort of the opposite ends of the spectrum where strength training is like the highest intensity and then aerobic is on the lower end and so you're kind of like muting both I guess so they say don't strength train while you're focused on improving your aerobic fitness so hmm. you know you, we maybe we choose not to do much strength training or maybe just stick to like core st- like stability uh, like yeah, PT type I think that's exercises. really important to keep that and that's basically what I did in the garage yesterday to keep us healthy and yeah and I needed to move firing. my body but yeah. I, I didn't really even have the energy still from this flu that I had to do anything heavy I didn't I didn't pick up anything heavier than a 20 pound weight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of taking a big step back from the heavy weightlifting mm-hmm. will actually jive really well with this aerobic. All right. Focus. Well, we'll talk about so, that next time. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's it. Yeah. Well, hopefully the snow will melt here in Denver. Oh, I see the sun peeking out. Oh, do really? Cool. And then, um, yeah, I think then we can get outside and get, get our aerobic training on. <laughs> okay. Um, and if, you, if you're listening and you haven't yet um, left us a rating or a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts, we'd really appreciate that. It helps boost our um, searchable functionality on those forums. And so, Have more people find us. Yeah, it'd be great if you guys could do a quick rating and a review. Um, and then click on the link in, in the show notes for... Uh, click on the show notes to, to get the link for the aerobic plan Cody is, is now offering to y'all. What All else, right. buddy? That's that it? it. All right, take care. Thanks Find for something listening. hopeful every day so you don't get discouraged. Yep. Life is still good. Yeah, stay All healthy, right. stay positive, and we'll be back to normal at some point. All right, take care. Talk to you soon.